Hey kids, I'm Michelle Carlo, and you are listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. And I'm coming to you live from Radio Free Brooklyn. And I'd like to remind everybody that Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media, literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. 
Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Now, I had to get that out of the way because this morning, not that I was rushing, I got up on time, was able to prepare, I'm prepared. Didn't I walk out the house and leave my glasses? So holding that and reading that was a challenge, but now everything else I will be able to read or refer back to because I can enlarge it because it's on my uh it's on my laptop, right? <laughs> so how is everyone doing today? Oh my blessed and highly favored people, how are you doing? Here we are, the last Sunday of the month. And what a month it's been. Okay? Now can I say something? For the month with the least amount of days, there has been so much happening. I guess February said, you will not keep pushing me in the background on the calendar like you like I don't exist because every other month has 30 days, 31 days. I have I'm shorted with 28. I may get 29 on a good four year. Right. So this month, everything has been jumping off. But the Good thing about this month is we had two palindrome days. Now, for those of you who don't know, which I'm sure you probably do because it was all over the news, this month had 2 2 2022 and we had 2 2022. How cool was that? Right? And were you aware that spiritually the number 2 is a symbol of balance, togetherness, and receptivity. Now that's interesting, balance. For this month to be a month of balance, we had a we have and still have a lot of things going on. Like I said on this last Sunday of the month. But many couples got married on that day feeling that it would be memorable, you know, special, exciting. And I agree with them. Anyone that was blessed enough to get married on that day, congratulations. You don't have to worry about forgetting your wedding anniversary. It it was just good. And I saw a lot of people just out there doing it. I hope it I hope they last. We also had Chinese New Year and, of course, Black History Month, right? And tomorrow is the last day of the month. So, and speaking of Black History Month, we had our first female nominee for Supreme Court Justice, Katanji Brown Jackson. Kudos to you, President Biden. You did uh, follow through on what you said you was going to do, nominate a black female And we hope that she's confirmed through the Senate, right? We hope that she is confirmed because that would be awesome. So today we're going to complete our journey of love and how God wants us to understand love. So today's topic is the gift of salvation. So now what is the, what ultimate, what was the ultimate gift of love, right? that God could possibly give us would be for for him to give us his son, right? So let's start with a little background of how all this came about. In the beginning was the word, 
and the word was with God and the word was God. So we all know that God, the Holy Spirit and Jesus in the beginning, they knew they were going to create the heavens and the earth. They knew they were going to create night and day. They were going to separate the water from the land. They were going to create animals, fish, all those good things. But most importantly, they created a creature in their own image. They created man. So long story short, man messed up big time, following the serpent in the serpent in the garden, and then they got forever banned. Him and his side piece, Eve, got kicked out of the garden. But before they were banned, God warned them in Genesis 3.15, and I am coming from the New King James Version this week on all the scriptures that I read. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, this warning was a prelude to the coming of Jesus and that he was going to die on the cross in order to to bring us back into communion and in line with God. So now in John 3, 14 to 17, here's where it states. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What greater love could there be? Think about it. I'm a mother. There's moms, I'm sure, that are listening to me. There are aunts. There's anybody any woman that has a child or any man that has a son, right? Would you give your son up for the sake of the souls of the world? Think about it. Would you? But God did. Jesus was born. When you really think about it, Jesus was born to die. Now, here it is. We have a hard time dealing with death. We have a hard time even thinking about we won't be here after a certain point. But here it is. Jesus was born to die. I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. He came into this world to show us how we should love one another. Because remember, He told us in Matthew 22, 37 to 40, when he was asked, he was asked, teacher, which is the greater commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. So what Jesus was saying there, 
If you know to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you love your neighbor as you love yourself, then you don't have to worry about following any, well, not that you don't have to worry about following them, but you don't have to be so consumed as people do. They get consumed with the works, trying to oh, do the right thing, do, feed the homeless, clothe the widows, all that kind of stuff. But if you love God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and you love your neighbor as yourself, all those other things fall into that anyway. It's going to come naturally when you follow those two commandments that he just told you. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is our commission of love that Jesus gave us, given from God. And how many of us can truly say that we love our neighbors as we love ourselves? Think about it. How many can really say that? Not many of us. We are a selfish society. Thinking about only ourselves and those who are closest to us. Yes, we did see a lot of outpouring of community service during the pandemic. This one helping one another. But you know... Every time something happens, we see an outpouring of, but does it last? And that's what makes me think, if we're able to do that when we're all thrust into a situation that we can't control, right? We're all thrust into a situation we can't control. We were all on lockdown during the pandemic. We all couldn't get certain items, but we all helped out one another, just like with 9-11, when the World Trade Centers were bombed and they fell, they crumbled. People were covered with debris as they were walking across the bridges and walking up to Midtown and Uptown. And, and everyone helped everyone else out. You saw someone in need and you helped them. And then, what, five years later? Everybody's back to normal. Everybody's back to their old selves. So how many of us really love our neighbors truly as we love ourselves? And sometimes if you don't love yourself, and maybe that's the reason why we don't do it. Maybe that's the reason why it doesn't carry on continuously. Because at the time when we're in crisis, we're thinking about ourselves. So we're like, oh, you know, we get into a panic and then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm feeling like this. So, oh, let me help the next one. So on a daily basis, are you loving yourself? And loving yourself means do you for, you know, do you, do you see yourself as being a worthy vessel? Do you see yourself as being blessed and highly favored? Do you walk in your light every day? That's that's a form of loving yourself. If you can walk in your light every day, then that's a form of loving yourself. Because in the light, there's going to be everything positive, everything good when you're walking in that light. So maybe it is that we don't love ourselves, so that's why it's hard for us to love our neighbors. Think about it, right? 
I mean, that could be a reason why it doesn't carry on continuously. But God loves us. God loves us and he's loved us from the time he created us. He's loved us. But now let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And I know this may seem a little controversial to some people because everybody wants to believe. I don't know that everybody wants to believe. That's too general a statement to make. Most people believe that God loves you, loves us unconditionally. And that's a nice concept to think that, you know what? God loves me unconditionally. So what does it mean to love someone unconditionally? That means that unconditionally, when when we say unconditionally, we're really referring to the fact that, you know, nothing is going to come in the way of it, right? Nothing's going to, nothing's going to change anything that's going on. There's no limitations, right? And you love without conditions. That's what unconditional, unconditional means. No conditions. And conditions usually is a, a, a list of things that, oh, well, this, 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 and this. But if you love unconditionally, there's no list of anything. You are just, any way you come is how we love you. But can I say, and that's why I want to say this very carefully, when I say that God doesn't love us unconditionally. God loves us, yes, but unconditionally, no. And I say that because there's no scripture in the Bible that supports God loving us unconditionally. It just says that we can never be taken from him. Nothing could ever separate us from him. But the condition, the condition, so to speak, of God loving us has to do with the fact of us being sinless. And that's why Jesus had to come and die on the cross. Because God, you being as you are without Jesus being there with as that protection, that's what brings you back into him. So it's not like you could just run around and do whatever you want to do, not accepting. See, Jesus is, okay, how can I put this? And this is going to get deeper than what I wanted to get into. Jesus is his dying on the cross and shedding his blood. The reason why God gave his son was because he wanted to bring us back to him the way we were originally in the garden. When we sinned, he couldn't look at us. He couldn't see us. He couldn't he couldn't deal with us because of the sin that was there. God cannot deal with sin. So that's why Jesus had to come for our sins. And I know you're probably saying, well, when Adam and Eve was out of the garden, he still took care of them. Yes, but they gave him offerings to present to be for their sins, like they would slay lambs. That's what the whole thing of the killing of the animals and presenting offerings to him. So that was the... 
say, the vessel at that time to bring the connection between you and him. It wasn't just like, okay, he kicked them out the garden and everything was hunky-dory and they just, everybody just went their merry way and everybody just lived and yeah, God just dealt with them. He just kept them out of the garden. No, they still had to present certain, they had to do certain sacrifices, present certain offerings to him in order to have that connection. And when Jesus came and died on the cross, that cut us having to do all the sacrifices of the lambs and having the priests going to the uh, the tabernacle, which is a whole nother story, but I'm not going to get into now. But that's what brought us back to him. So when I say that God doesn't love us unconditionally, I say it on the order of because of the sins, he can't see us with the sin because he can't see sin. He cannot deal with sin. He doesn't want anything to do with sin. So with Jesus being there, that's where the love comes in because Jesus is our intercessor to be there. So when we do sin, he's standing there saying, yeah, but I already paid the price for that sin. I was that sacrifice for them. But in it all, God is love. So if we... Love God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul, and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. then we can also love the way God loves. And because he hates sin, he has seven abominations, six, you know, seven abominations that he cannot deal with at all. A proud look, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deceives wicked, that devises wicked plans, feet that are quick to run to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among his brothers. So if you fall into any of those categories, or you know anybody that falls into those categories, I think you might just want to rethink the way you're you're living your life right now. Right? Because you can't be showing love if you're doing any of those things. You can't possibly be showing love if you're going around lying about everybody. How is that showing love? You can't possibly be showing love if you're quick to shed blood. If you're out there killing somebody, how is that showing love? If you're thinking at home how to do something that's going to be evil towards someone else, how is that showing love? And if you're causing confusion amongst people around you, how is that showing love? I'm just saying. And those are all the things that God hates. And since we know that God is love, he's pure love. Everything about him is love. And if we want to know how to understand how to love, then we need to take into consideration all these things here that he hates. That's a starting point. If we could just deal with one a day, a proud look. If we could just do that, 
if we could just hum- humble ourselves a little bit, that could be the crack to opening the door to showing more love. Just showing a little bit of humility, which some people have a problem with. There's a lot of people that have a problem with being humble. There's a lot of people that have a problem with saying, excuse me, or I'm sorry. Little little things like that, that cost nothing. Show, that's showing signs of love. If you're capable of putting someone before yourself, Without there being a crisis going on. Without it being because, oh, they're going to, I'm going to get praised later on because I did this. If you could just do it just to do it. Showing love. So, when we try to put into practice the words of Jesus, love your neighbor as yourself, let us remember That he died on the cross for us. He came here. He walked the earth. Tried to show us how. He tried to be an example. To show us how. To love. To be civil. And yes, you'll see instances in the Bible where you feel that Jesus wasn't being civil to some people. There have been instances. I pointed them out here. Sometimes we'll be like, ooh, you know, why did he speak to them like that? But you know what it is? Because he was really no nonsense. It's not that he was mean. He was just no nonsense. And if you weren't about the kingdom or weren't about what he was trying to show you, or if you kept trying to trick him into saying something that wasn't so, then he didn't have time for you. Because who has time for that? Right? He's here to show you the way to go. But they had the Pharisees and the Sadducees trying to trick him to see, ooh, does he really know? How does he know? He wrote the book. The same scriptures that you're reading, he wrote them. So why wouldn't he know? But see, they were so caught up in trying to be the false witness They were the ones causing discord among the brethren, and he didn't have time for that. He didn't have time for that. But if we put into practice the words that he told us, love God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind, love our neighbors as ourselves, know that God is love and that he loves us and that he gave his son to show his love for us, then we would be able to love our neighbors and we'd be able to show love to everyone. Because when you really think about it, there but for the grace of God goes either one of us. So that concludes our topic on love and how God wants us to learn to love one another. And that's going to be so important. Everything that he's been showing us has proven to be so important as we see time going on every day. All of these things that he's been giving us, all the tools that we've been putting together has been so important to everything that we've been doing. So with that, we're going to take a music break. 
You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. Now today in Op-Ed, like I said earlier in the show, there's a lot going on for this month of February. Every place you turn, there's stuff going on. And I know I said last week, that I was not going to speak about Russia and the Ukraine. But there's no way that we can't speak about Russia and the Ukraine. And it's not just Russia and the Ukraine. See, that's the thing. Well, before I get into it, thinking about what we just talked about with salvation, when I just said in the earlier part of the show, and God being love, There was a Catholic priest last week that resigned because he had been performing baptisms incorrectly. He was using the incorrect words. He was sprinkling the children with the holy water 
on their heads. But instead of saying, I baptize you in the name, he was saying, we baptize you in the name. Now, the Vatican, it's already gone all the way up to the Vatican and they're saying, no, he was doing it wrong. So now this brings into, it brings into question most people who practice that religion, Catholicism, you know, was I really baptized correctly? Was I really forgiven for my sins? Because when you baptize the baby, then it goes on to that's how they're able to go into communion and confirmation and all those different stages that they do. But there was also a there is also a pastor that I um, got to hear one of his sermons, and he was also talking about baptism, the water baptism and how. If you're not water baptized, you're not fully saved. Now, that's been debated amongst the different denominations for the longest. But can I just say, not taking one or the other or wanting to get into the debate of water baptism, not having water baptism, are you really baptized, are you really saved? We have to look at it for what it really is. And what this really is, is an attack of the enemy on the body of Christ. Now, we all know we spoke about spiritual warfare last year. We've been talking about spiritual warfare, you know, intermittently in between whenever it happens, you know, I'll bring it up. But because it's real and we're witnessing it more and more every day. Because Satan knows his time is growing short. And like I said before, back in the day, we used to always hear people say, oh, the Lord is coming back. He's coming back, you know, and we would be like, "Okay, when? But even as I'm growing older, I'm seeing how sign of the times things are changing. And if if Satan is able to divide and conquer the body of Christ, then he can, he feels he can win the war. We already know he's already been defeated. I don't know why he's acting like he hasn't been defeated. He knows he has too, but to those who don't know and to those who aren't mindful, then he can deceive them. So when I heard about the priest First, I had heard about the pastor. First, I heard his sermon and what he was saying. And then it was a couple of days later. Then I see that this priest is resigning and it had to say it had to do with the same thing with the water baptism. And see, that's how you know when it's an attack of the enemy, because he does it all. He does it all in the same. He uses the same subject to go across and do everything. So because he's not God. And he's not an originator. He has to imitate things. So if he's going to say one thing in one area, he's going to carry it across to all the other areas. So that he gives everybody the he's giving everybody the everything, a sprinkle of that, all that at the same time. So if we look at it for what we know, it is spiritual warfare. And we know. That. I, I just said, as I read earlier that if we confess that God gave his son for our sins, 
then he can't have us wondering, are we really saved or not? But he's going to have some wondering, are they? He is going to put that question in their mind and making them think that everything that they've done in their life now or the way they've been living is completely wrong. But what it does bring into question, it does bring into question to help you understand. And this is the way I look at it. God will always take something that Satan wants to turn around to cause confusion with and cause distraction with. God will always, if you're, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, he'll always show you within that discord is something that you can still get out of it. So anyone that might be feeling or now questioning or just even wondering, then just examine yourself. Now God is telling you, okay, look at, look at what I've been telling you. Read what I've been saying to you. Don't just go by what the priest or the pastor or the minister has been telling you about yourself concerning me. Look at me for your answers concerning you. So that's what people can take out of that. Rather than being confused and unsure Go back to the word for yourself. Go back to the word and read it for yourself. Ask God to give you clarity and understanding. So now it wasn't doesn't have to be that this pastor is saying, "Oh, you're not you're not baptized if you're not saved if you haven't been baptized in the water." Go back and read the word for yourself. And in reading it, ask God for the clarity so that there can be no, you know, ambiguity or misunderstanding or confusion around it. And that just leads to what's going on now in the Ukraine with Russia. Now, I heard on CNN that the mayor of the Ukraine stated that he's holding his city, he's not leaving it, because he knows that God is with him. Now, that's what he told, that's what he was saying in one of his, uh, that's what they quoted him as saying in one of his, I guess he, you know, he gets on the air to tell his people or when I guess reporters ask him, why is he not giving up or whatever? Like, why would you ask somebody why you're not giving up? But he said he's not because God is with him. So now, Joshua 23 10 states to us that one man shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. So even if he just did, even if he were just standing on that scripture, it states it right here in the words, in, in the word, right? So if we as Christians agree with him on that statement that God is with him. And if all the Christians of the world would pray and say, you know, he believes God is with him. We believe that. Okay. We believe that God is with him as well. Let's pray in agreement. Let's touch and agree with him that something better is going to come out of this. 
But then we can also look at Proverbs 21 and 1, that the heart, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And like the rivers of water, he turns it whichever, wherever he wishes. So here we go once again. We can collectively pray for God to intervene in this matter and we could all be on one accord and we can see how this is all going to play out. But for the most part, all of our hearts should be with the Ukrainian people because you have people and children that are dying. And when you really look at it, it's like, for what? Because someone wants to control something. Because someone wants to, someone feels that they have a right to control something. So in op-ed today, I wanted to, all of us, collectively say a prayer for God to intervene with his will on what's going on in the Ukraine. And because we know that God is sovereign, right? So God could really... God, in a blink of an eye, can change anything. He can change anything around. Today, it could look like it's one way, and tomorrow, as soon as you blink your eye, it's another. So I want us to all do that collectively, put our hearts and minds together. Remember, we're supposed to be loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. So I want us to all collectively put our hearts and minds together, keep them in prayer, cover them, give them the strength, give them the wisdom, give them the knowledge the courage to stand their ground and to be safe in this turbulent time because we don't we really don't know what's going to happen next and if you think about it if everything goes according to Russia's plan i'm sure they're just not thinking of stopping at the ukraine because if you take over one territory and nobody stops you, or if nothing happens for an intervention, then why wouldn't you just keep going? And now intervention, when we say when we're praying that we want things to be at peace over there, it doesn't necessarily mean that the rest of the countries have to go to war with him. That doesn't necessarily mean if we're praying for God to intervene and if God is going to put his hand on it, God could cause anything over there to happen to stop this. It doesn't necessarily mean that troops have to go in with more guns and more ammunition. There's been catastrophic weather things that have happened out of the blue. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? We just don't know. There've been earthquakes, there've been there've been fires, there've been things that have happened that people would say, "Oh my gosh, I would never have imagined that to happen in that part of the world." But it would be up to him to see how he wanted to intervene with this. So I want us to all keep our hearts and our minds on the people of the Ukraine and that this comes to some type of end quickly. We don't know how peaceful it's going to be because right now everyone's life is all turned upside down already. So even if they stop bombing today, everyone's life is already turned upside down. 
So now they still have to try to get themselves back to some type of something. So the damage is already done. But what we can pray is that through all of this, that God gives them a peace and a calm that they'll still be able to go on and live their lives. And that's the end of op-ed. So now our word for the month is transformative. And this is the last day of the month. So this is the last day for this word. Well, tomorrow is going to be the last day for this word, transformative. And our promise for this week comes from Romans 10, 12 to 13. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And with that, I want everyone to have a blessed week. I want everyone to be their best person that they can be, to do everything that they need to do for themselves, for their family, for their friends, look out for one another. Remember, we're supposed to be keeping the commandments, loving God as with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. If we keep those two things in mind, everything else just falls into place. So with that, I say, be safe, be blessed, and until God brings us together again next week, peace. I know there's gonna be some brighter days. I swear that love will find you in your pain. I feel it in me like the beating of life in my veins I know there's gonna be some brighter days I know there's gonna be some brighter days Oh, ashes fall from burning dreams Oh, never live through times like these Trying hard to breathe in the dark In the dark I know there's gonna be some brighter days I swear that love will find you in your pain I feel
gonna be some brighter days I swear that love will find you in your pain I feel it in me like the beating of life in my veins Oh, I know there's gonna be some Friday Oh, I swear that love will find you in your pain I feel it in me like the beating of life in my veins I know there's gonna be some Friday I know there's gonna be some Friday I know there's gonna be some brighter day What shall I say unto the Lord? All I have to say is thank you, Lord. What shall I say unto my Father? It's all I have to say is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, all I have to say is thank you, Lord, for the breath in my lungs. I thank you, Lord, for the strength in my body. I thank you, you're a wonderful father to me. Thank you, from the depths of my heart, all I have to say. What shall I say unto the Lord? All I have to say is thank. Shall I say unto my father? It's all I have to say is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, all I have to say is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All I have to say. Contain it 